0: Good to see you guys. We've been in a series over the last couple of weeks called Spiritual Habits, and we're going to continue in that this morning. Uh, we've been talking about basically spiritual habits, spiritual disciplines, and anybody you trying to develop new habits at the beginning of the year? Oh, so, okay. How many of you tried and you've already lost? Okay, yes. Some of us, you know, we're doing good. Some of us maybe maybe not so good, you know. That's that's all right. The great thing is you can always start again, right? And uh so this this uh this series we've been in is we've talked about prayer. Uh last week we talked about community in the sense of the church, the church body being part of the, the community of the body of Christ. Um, and today we're going to continue in, in this idea of spiritual habits, developing spiritual disciplines. Now, if you got your uh, phone, you've got a compass on there, probably, maybe. And so um, I want to just ask, how many of you guys are directionally challenged? Yeah, okay, a few of us are directionally challenged. If I said, which way is north, which way would you point? Point north. We got, we got, okay. <laughs> got some pointing straight up. It's like, okay, yeah, that's actually pretty good. That's not bad. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go with that. That might be the best answer I've seen all day. Just point straight up, right? I've seen some folks point that way. Some, some people. Um, I am told my GPS, my global positioning system, tells me that north is that way right there. So it's, it's that way. Um, now, <laughs> Brother Tony's going to come. He's going to pray for us and a little bit as we close out. He's going to tell you a little bit more about this. But um, uh, you know, we need direction in life. And uh, back before we had GPS, uh, sailors would direct their ships by watching the stars. Uh, they would direct uh, by by watching uh, where the sun would come up, and uh, there's a star, I think it's called the star Polaris. Uh, they would actually look for the star Polaris to be able to find uh, which way north was to navigate their ships. And so, uh, you know if they set a course and it wasn't quite right they could actually wind up way off course if they didn't find that point where they needed to be and I think sometimes we we don't realize that that we can think we're going the right direction or we can think we're pointed in the in in the right way and we can wind up way off course in life And so this morning, I want us to talk about that. I want us to talk about this idea of uh, finding direction. And the question is just where do you find direction in your life? What gives you direction in your life? Where do you find direction? Maybe another way to say it is this, is what feeds your soul? When you go to feed your soul, how do you feed your soul? When you feed your spirit, how do you do that? And so I just wrote this down, that we all feed our soul something. Some some way we feed our soul. We feed our soul something. Um, better make sure that that something is worth eating, okay? Uh, and and I kind of relate this. To, I've got a little dog, and my little dog, sometimes she'll get into stuff that she's not supposed to get into, right? And if you got dogs like mine, you know... Uh, She'll just eat stuff, and then later on she pays for it, right? And then I have to go make my kids clean that up because I'm not cleaning it up, right? It's not my dog, right? It's your dog. And so, guys, you need to go clean that up. That's your dog. Clean that mess up. And that's because she's put something in her body uh, and fed herself something she shouldn't have done. And so sometimes we do that. Sometimes we, we feed ourselves on things that aren't good for us. And so that question of what do you feed your soul or, or maybe in another direction or in another sense of where do you find direction in your life is kind of where we're, we're going to look at today because uh, I just asked the question, do you find that direction in the Bible? Is that how you direct your life? Is your life directed through scripture? When you're making decisions and you have a matrix and we all have this matrix that we're using to make decisions, does that matrix that you're using to make decisions, does that that include Scripture? uh does that include this is what god has said about this thing and so that's what i believe about this thing or do we use other criteria uh when we're thinking about making decisions and making choices in life well do i feel good for doing this you know is is it is it going to help my my pocketbook is it is it is it going to you know what's it going to what criteria do you use uh as your ultimate source of direction for your life now, if we're looking at what the Bible says and talking about Scripture this morning, uh, what does the Bible say about itself? And so there's a few ways that uh, that the writers of Scripture, because if you think about it, you say, well, who wrote the Bible? And we'd all say, what? God wrote the Bible, right? That's the that's church answer. But if you really look at it, there are over 40 different people that God inspired through the Holy Spirit to pen these words. There are over 40 different people who God used and moved on and inspired them to write the words that we have here today. And so what did these people, when they were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how did they describe God's Word? How did they describe... God's, God's precepts and God's commandments. And this is how they did it. So, so if you got that list there, I want to give you this, this real quick. And I so say, we find that the prophet Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel said that God's word is like honey in my mouth. Isn't that good? Anybody, you like honey, right? That's just sweet. It's, it's good that, that God's word is like honey in my mouth. The prophet Jeremiah, he said it, that it's a joy and a delight to my heart that God's word, that God's precepts, that God's commandment, that God's instruction, that god 's way is a delight and a joy to my heart uh, in Romans, we found the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman Church, and this is what he said, and I love this in Romans chapter twelve, he says, "Be renewed." Be renewed uh, by the transforming of your mind. Renewing of your mind is is what God's word does for us. It renews us and renews our mind. Uh, We find in uh, Psalms, the psalmist writes in Psalm 1910, it says that it's more precious than gold right and how many know that you'd like to have a bag of gold somebody just walk up and give you a bag of gold right uh, but even more valuable and, and, and worth more than a bag of gold is God's word is, is what the, the, the psalmist recognizes and declares to us it's more precious it's more valuable and then we get to Hebrews chapter 4 and this is what it says that God's word is sharper than any two edged sword and so that actually sounds a little bit scarier right I like the honey part right and I like the gold part but, but that part right there where God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword what it does is it gets down to the heart of who we are and uh, it has it has that uh, option or that it has that uh, opportunity or the the, the chance to kind of cut it out things that shouldn't be there and so this is how scripture is described uh, in scripture uh, and so I want us to start this morning with Psalm 119. So if you have got your Bible, go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is one of the longest psalms, or one of the longest chapters uh, in the whole Bible. Uh, I think there's 173 verses in Psalm 119. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, uh, give or take a few, but 173 verses. And if you look at Psalm one nineteen, it's it's unique in the way that it's set up because Psalm one nineteen is broke up into twenty two units. If you look at this, and if you've got your Bible, it may not, if you're looking at it on the Bible app, it may not break it up as well. But in in my Bible, it breaks it up into 22 units. And you can see that these 22 units, each unit corresponds to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so this first unit, starting with verse 1, actually starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes through. Each corresponding unit will start with that next, letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and so if if, if you're a math person, how many like um, things that just kind of line up, and they have symmetry, right, you don't like things to be off, if you're like a person that just, if, if, if asymmetrical things make you crazy, right? <laughs> there's a few of us in here, right, and so you'll like Psalm 119, because Psalm 19 is very symmetrical, it has 22 units, and in each one of those units, each unit has eight verses, and so there's eight verses and they go through and go through this entire thing. Now it's said that uh King David uh used this to teach Solomon his son God's word. Uh we're we're also told in history that there's a guy by the name of William Wilberforce. Anybody ever heard of William Wilberforce? He was an Englishman, and William Wilberforce uh was part a big part of the anti-slavery movement. And uh, Wilberforce was a, uh, was an English politician. And it says that as he would walk home and as he is walking through Hyde Park in London, that he would quote Psalm 119. He would just rehearse it in his mind. Uh, this whole thing, he would just quote it as he would walk home. And so it reminded him this is who God, this is what God's word is. This is what God's word says. And so I want us to read this Psalm 119, just the first 16 verses. And this is what we find. In uh, Psalm 119, beginning in verse 1, it says, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, I I want you to see how many different ways that the psalmist here describes God's word. He'll talk about it in the sense of commandments. He'll talk about it in the sense of precepts, statutes, God's law, God's ways. See how many different ways he describes God's law. Just in these 16, if you go read this entire chapter, just go through and mark how many different ways it's described. He says, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord or the instruction of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies who seek him with their whole heart who also do no wrong but walk in his ways you have commanded your precepts to be to be kept diligently oh that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes then i shall not put uh, then I shall not put, be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Next stanza, and there's the next, the second unit here, starts with the Hebrew letter bet. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth, and in the way of your testimonies I delight as much as, as, uh, as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Now, how many of you, as you kind of going through this, you see how uh, he describes God's word. And there's words that kind of stand out to me. Uh, There are words like rules and commandments. Anybody, when you hear rules and commandments, what kind of emotion does that elicit for you? You know, just kind of more kind of rigid, right? Hey, don't, don't mess up right? Don't, don't cross the line. Don't, don't get it wrong or I'll, else I'll make you a greasy spot. It's kind of that feeling I get, uh, you know, when you hear those, those ideas of commandments and rules, but that's not the only way uh, that he describes God's word. I like really how we get right there to that uh, verse 15, and he says, I fix my eyes on your ways. I fix my eyes on your path. And, and really that kind of goes back to that question that I asked a little earlier, what's directing your life? Where do you find direction for your life? And the psalmist is saying here, he says, my direction is found in, in God's word. God's word gives me guidance in that path. God's word is that path for me. God's word is that which directs me and keeps instructing me and keeps guiding me on his way. And so for me, that, that just kind of, I like that. I, I, I kind of resonate with that more and just say, man, that, that for me, I want to walk in your ways. But when it comes to this idea of God's Word, how I many of you guys sometimes you feel guilty about the Bible? Because maybe we haven't lived up to it, and maybe we haven't been reading it as much, right? How I many of you tried, and it's like, oh, try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this year. I'm going to read the Bible all the way through this year. And then, like, you get to Tuesday, and it's like, man, I've already messed up. I've, I've missed two days already, and then I've got to start over again. And, and so we get into this kind of this cycle of guilt uh, uh, where we have these should of's. I shoulda. Uh, yeah, I know I should read the Bible, but I don't. Why don't we read the Bible more? I think there's a lot of of answers, and there's probably, you know, if you ask yourself that, that question, why don't I read the Bible more? There's probably a lot of places you could fill in the blank with your own answer. And I've got my own that I, I think are, are somewhat common. Um, and, and I want us to look at that real quick. These are not exhaustive by any, any stretch of the imagination, but these are just what I think may be common to us. So uh, if we're looking at some of the reasons we don't read the Bible, why is it that we struggle to read the Bible? We struggle to read the Bible because, first off, we're not disciplined. Amen? How I many of you struggle with discipline, right? How I many of you start struggle with discipline at the dinner table, you know? Come on, I just I'm just being me. I mean, some of you I'm just being. You know that you hear me talk about this. I'm just being honest. There's there's things that we struggle in discipline with. Maybe discipline of going to the gym. Maybe discipline of of trying to keep up with with some expectation. You know that oh you're supposed to maybe maybe you live in a neighborhood where everybody edges their yard and cuts their yard a certain way, right? And you struggle with keeping up with that. You know, and and so we are not always. As disciplined as what we should be, or maybe what we would like to be, uh, I know, I know, I'm not, and I, I work on that, and I, I, God help me to be more disciplined. But I think this is one reason. This is this is one reason is because we're not disciplined. We have bad habits. We have bad habits like sometimes we sleep too late. Or, or maybe, maybe we stay up too late, right? Maybe we slept late because we stayed up too late. Maybe we stayed out too late. You know, we, we, we played around and, and, and just, you know, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be getting ready. And, and, and you know, I'd get, my, get on to my boys. Hey guys, you know that in the morning, you got to go to school. And so there's things that you need to have happen. And if those, those things aren't ready, if you're, bag's not packed, if your stuff's not put together, you know what, it's because you lack the discipline to put it together, so get your stuff together, you know, and we all have those moments where we lack discipline, but this is part of the reason why we don't read the Bible is because we're not disciplined, it's, it's because we allow things, we allow bad habits to creep in, um, one thing that you have to do to combat this though is you have to, one thing that I've, I've done is I've had to find a regular time. Right, uh, Bible reading. Um, I know a lot of times we just try to do it randomly. Well, I'll do I'll do some Bible reading when I have a chance. You know, when that happens, never. If you always wait, well, I'll, I'll wait till I have a chance, you'll find out that there are no chances, right? That something else slides in there. And so for me, the, one of the first things I do in the morning is that's my time to read scripture, is that I get up and, and I'll read. And we've been going through a Bible reading plan uh, in January, and some of you have been tracking with us together and know that we've been uh, reading scripture and praying scripture so one things that I've been doing over the last couple uh, couple weeks is that I get up in the morning the first thing I do is I'll read that scripture I'll read that devotion I'll read that scripture passage and then I'll sit down and I'll pray that passage that I read I'll pray those words that I've read and I'll actually not just pray it in my mind and in my heart but I'll actually type it out and put it on that that app that we're going through and I'll just put my prayer down and make it uh, something that I, I've I verbalized and something that I put on paper as well and so uh, we need discipline we need that regular time where we're saying hey this is the time that I get up and I do this so we are not disciplined the next thing is this is we're distracted right that kind of goes hand in hand because we're not disciplined we let other things slide in when we're always waiting for that some other time well well we'll do it when I'm some other time it, the reason some other time doesn't come is because we're distracted by all these other things how many of us have have problem and the first thing we do in the morning is we grab that phone and we flip open maybe it's social media you know we've, we got to scroll through and see you know what who's mad at who and we got to see who's who's eating bacon for breakfast because they've posted that picture you know on Instagram right we, we, or, or maybe the last thing that you do at night is you're laying in bed and you're just scrolling through the feed of the day to see what's happened. You know, we get distracted by stuff. We're distracted um, by social media. We're distracted by, by work. We're distracted by things that happen. Our mind is other places. Maybe there's deadlines that you've got to meet. Maybe you have stress that is on you because you have all these things that you've got to get done. And so you're distracted by things at work. You're distracted by the family. You're distracted because the dog is messed up on the floor. Now somebody's got to clean that up. Guys, where's my Where's my kids at, right? And so you've got life that happens at home. You have uh, life that happens with your spouse. And these things, all these things can become distractions, social media, work, family, worry, just worrying about, oh, man, you know, I, what's going to happen next or or what's going to happen if I get this phone call? And instead of reading God's word, we have all these other things that insert themselves into the place where really we should probably have said, all right, God, I'm going to take time and I'm going to read your word. And so just like us not being disciplined and we have to find a time to read God's word and make that a regular time, you know what, I think that you need to find a place and and that place where you're not distracted, that place where you kind of push everything out. Maybe that place where it's uh maybe your cone of silence, so to speak, where where there's there's nothing else allowed in there except that time for you to read God's word. So so I'm gonna en- encourage you to find a time, to find a place, a regular time and a regular place that you sit down and you say, This is my moment, this is my time, I'm cutting, I'm I'm cutting everything else out, I'm pushing everything else out. God, I want you to. Speak to me, God. I'm listening. God, I'm, I'm praying. God, I'm, I'm wanting your word to seep in. And so we're not disciplined, and we're distracted. The second, the third thing is this, and this is common, that it's difficult to understand. Right? Come on, anybody? Have you ever found the Bible to be difficult to understand? I mean, have you ever opened up and it's just like yeah, I got nothing, right? I, I don't know what this means. I have no clue. Especially if you start your Bible reading plan in the book of Revelation, probably not a good place to start, guys. You know, uh, seven headed dragons, you know, ten horns apiece, you know, and all this stuff. Probably not a good place to start your Bible reading plan uh, because even for the most scholarly of, uh, of theologians, uh, Revelation is difficult. So the Bible's tough in, in spots. Uh, the, the Bible can be very straightforward in spots where it says, hey, don't lie. Um, God, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, don't lie. All right. And in the Greek, it's the same. Don't lie. And in the Hebrew, it's the same. Don't lie. And in English, it's the same. Don't lie. Wow. Imagine that translation across the board. So we we see these things sometimes that uh, may be very straightforward, but in other times the Bible doesn't seem very straightforward, and it seems like Jesus may be talking in, in parables and riddles in a sense. We're like, what is he trying to get at? What is he trying to say? And so just because the the Bible can be difficult sometimes, and I, I, I'll confess that, yes, it is. As much as I love Scripture, the Bible can be difficult. As, as much as, as I love Scripture, it may be difficult, but it's not impossible. Okay? It's not impossible. It just means that you have to spend a little bit more time. It it may mean that you have to spend a little bit more study. It may mean that, you know what, I I have to give this more than one reading, right? Uh, How many of you ever had to, and and like me, sometimes I I get, I'm I'm one of these that gets distracted by stuff, and so I'll, I'll realize that I have read a sentence six times, and I'm like, I have not read that sentence, but I have read that sentence. I've read this sentence six times, but I've not comprehended what that sentence is saying. And I really have to kind of push things out and find, all right, God, I want you to speak to help me comprehend this. See, because sometimes we just get in this mode of, well, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, especially if you're just trying to read through the Bible, just so you can say you've read through the Bible, just so when you can kind of get kind of spiritual pride where you're, <laughs> I've read through the Bible three times now. Well, that's great. What does it say? I don't know. What good has that done you? It hasn't done you any good if you're not getting the message, if you're not comprehending what you're reading. And so it may be that, uh, you know, you, you spend less on the quantity of what you read so that you can up the quality of your comprehension. So you can say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm, I may only read one chapter. I'm not going to read the entire book in one sitting. I'm going to read one chapter, and God, I want you to speak to me through this chapter. And see, there are, there are great tools. We live, in, we live in a society right now there was so much distraction. But in the same way, there's so many more tools that we have to actually allow us to be the most educated people out of history that there ever was. Because we have every bit of uh, knowledge at our fingertips to be able to call up. My, my kids will ask me, Dad, what about this? i will say, so, I don't know. Google it, right? Google it. And that's the great thing. It's a bad thing, man. It can be a great thing. The great thing is this, is that we have all this knowledge at our fingertips that I can find out what it means. I remember before the Internet. Yep, I do remember that before there was an Internet. Some of you guys remember that. Some of you guys don't know what that's like. There's always been an internet. I remember actually having to go to this place called the library. And they had this thing called the Dewey Decimal System. And you had to go find your book. And you had to go get that book and check that book out and take that book back to your dorm room. And it would sit underneath your bed for about three weeks until it was time to take it back. And then you realize, I haven't read that book and I need to take that back. See, that was my my college experience. You know, I should have read more books. But... This, this idea that we have so much at our fingertips. And so the great thing about this is that there are so many apps. I sat there last night and looked at all the Bible apps that you can download on your phone. There some, there's, there's, there's no excuse for that, that we've got so much. And actually, I'm going to say this. You know what? They'll read the Bible to you. If you have a long commute, I would encourage you. Set your phone up and let it read Scripture to you. I have done this where I've allowed... Uh, scripture just to be read to and say well that sounds like cheating it is not cheating actually that is a very biblical form if you go back and look at the jewish synagogues these places where they would get together and they would read large passages to each other it's a very biblical thing to do because we gain this we gain insight we gain knowledge and so let it read to you Uh, but i want to give you probably my my most favorite resource and it is a place called thebibleproject.com. If you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, write this down. Put this in your notes. The Bible Project is a great resource for you to do Bible study. And and if you would go to just say Genesis, before you start reading in Genesis, they have a five-minute video that gives you an overview about what the book of Genesis is about. And they do it in such a way where it helps you. When you start reading this story, and that's what it is, it is a story you start reading this story of a group of people that God is speaking to and calling to Himself, you get the overarching plan. You get you get kind of the big picture and so every book of the Bible has this they have they have a video for every book of the Bible they have theme videos they have, and so guys this is this is one of the most easiest things that you can go do I would encourage you add this to your Bible study it will help you immensely I've been to Bible college I've been to seminary I have taken uh, Greek in in J terms and this has been one of the things that has helped me the most gain wisdom and insight of what God's word really means and so I encourage you to look at the bibleproject.com. So we get this, we're not disciplined, we we're, we're distracted and it's difficult to understand the fourth thing and and I want to leave with you here's is this is that we deposit ourselves into the story. And what do I mean by this? Most of the time when we come and read a story, what we're looking for is we're we're trying to find who we are in that story. Right? When you watch a TV show, you're looking like, who am I in this? I'm absolutely Sylvester Stallone in Rocky, absolutely, you know. Uh, you know I'm not Drago. I'm, I'm not that Russian dude. No, I'm, I'm Stallone, right? Because we're always trying to find who we are in the story. See, that's not a great way to read the Bible, though. Because even though we want to be the main character of all the stories that we read and we love this and we're trying to find who we are, we're not the main character of the Bible. The main character of the Bible is God. And see, we we can't just be satisfied with little bits and pieces of Scripture where we take bits and pieces of Scripture to post on Facebook or on Instagram. You know, we've got two or three sentences that we put up there, and we think it's great. Oh, that's inspirational. It's great. I'm not saying it's bad, but that can't be all it's about. That can't be all your Bible reading plan is. It can't be just some framed artwork that you have of some scripture on your wall or some vinyl thing that you plastered on uh, above your couch. You say, well, look, there, there you go. I'm reading scripture. That's not what we're talking about. That is where we take and make the Bible about us. When we deposit ourself into the story, it actually becomes we try to make it more about us. And we say, God, I want you to speak to me. I need to find a scripture that's talking about me and talking about what I'm going through. And really what the Bible is this, it's not about you. It's about God. Now God cares about you, but God's God's word is not about you. It's about him. It is his story. It's so that you would know him better. And this is the last point that I want to give you. God is not showing us uh, just something uh, about his word. He is showing us himself. That's what God's word is. And that's what my prayer would be for you. If somebody wants to play, that's what my prayer would be for you: is that you would fall so in love with finding out about God through His Word. Not that you would be motivated by guilt, because let's just be honest: how motivating is guilt? It's not. Actually, guilt demotivates us. We just begin to wallow and get depressed and say, "Well, I should have done better." I'm just, I'm done. I'm going to quit. God, see, God doesn't want you to feel guilty. It's not that guy's like, well, he feels really guilty. Shot one up for me. God doesn't get a win when we feel guilty. God gets a win when we want to know more about who he is and what his heart says. And so that's for me. That's just been my prayer. God, give me a love for your word. I used to hate to read. I hated reading, and I especially hated reading the Bible. I know that's bad to say. Now you know you know the roof is going to cave in. I hated reading, and I especially hated reading the Bible. And I began to make it a prayer, God. If I'm going to know you, I need to get in your Word. So God, give me a love for your Word. Don't let me just study it. See, He doesn't want you to just get information. He wants you to have transformation. It's not about us just having a bunch of head knowledge there's a lot of people who don't even believe that there is a God that have a lot of head knowledge about the Bible they've not been transformed by it God wants you to be transformed through his word so just like Paul when he says let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds that's what God wants for us that we come to know him and that we see that, that the story's not about us but he invites us into his story that's the great thing It's not our story, it's his story, but he invites us into his story, history. He invites us into it. He says, you can be part of this. So stand with me this morning. There's a a guy that I read his commentaries a lot. His name is William Barclay. This is what William Barclay said. He said, the function of Scripture is not to give life, but to point to him who can. I love that. I love that. I don't don't want to get weird with ink and paper. See, sometimes we get weird with ink and paper. We make ink and paper become what's sacred and not what the ink and paper says. See, because we'll treat ink and paper as if it was divine instead of the message. And that's why it's easy for us to have a Bible on our family coffee table and say, look at this, Don't, don't mess with it. But it's collecting dust and we don't live out anything it says on the inside of it. What God wants is for us to realize that what's truly important is that He is the one that gives life and that's what His Word tells us. It's what His shares through this. So this morning, this is is how I want us to end. This is how I want us to pray. And then we're going to sing a song. I want us to pray God release us from guilt. Anybody? You ever had guilt about reading the Bible? Yeah, I'm gonna raise a foot. That's not His plan for us, guys. That's just God release me from guilt, but not just release me from guilt. Pull me into Your story. Can we pray that this morning, Father? We come and we just we recognize that we're distracted, undisciplined people who don't always understand your word because we think it's difficult. And we're self-centered and selfish, which means we make ourselves the center of the story. So Lord, what we do right now is forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, and release us from the guilt that we've had, the guilt that we've carried around. Lord, we're we've shoulda, coulda, woulda. God, we just acknowledge we've fallen short. But that your goal is not for us to just feel guilty. Your goal is to move us into relationship. And so, Lord, that's what we pray now. We want to move into relationship with you. We want to move into relationship with you. So, Lord, give us a love for your word. Lord, as we make out time, as we carve out time, as we carve out a space and time, Lord, use that Pull us in. Let us be like Ezekiel, that your word becomes honey on our mouth, in our mouth. That it becomes a joy and a delight like the prophet Jeremiah. So God, we ask, Lord, that you would give us a love for your word and release us from the guilt that we've carried around. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this song together.
1: let